week four lived up to the hype, baby. Welcome to the Extra Points Podcast with the college football experience. My name's Gus, and that's my good friend Cody with the SEC Catch-Up Podcast. He is joining us tonight. Will is having a family night, so we're letting him little take a break. Since I got to take a break, Will gets to take a break, man. I had a fantastic time at the beach. What's better than watching college football on the beach, Cody? Not much. Yeah, that's- that's two of the best things right there. Yeah, man, and it was it was an exciting and exciting week for it. Like I said uh, just a second ago, man, it lived up to the hype. There were tons of ranked-on-ranked matchups, tons of undefeated versus undefeated matchups, and for the most part, those games really, really, like I said, lived up to the hype. But before we get started, make sure to subscribe on YouTube, listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts the next day. Man, we 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 see those numbers on the podcast too kind of ticking up kind of ticking up and then of course we are on tiktok and instagram at the college football experience man we're gonna start off with the game of the day might be the game of the year ohio state 17 notre dame 14 man we learned a lot about these two teams here what 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 were some of the big takeaways that you had cody uh, I took a lot of stuff away from this game. Obviously, it was one of the biggest games. I think I probably lean, you know, the Texas game, Texas and Bama being, you know, probably the bigger win. But as far as the game itself, one of the better games. Um, some of the things I took away from this was, um, you know, I noticed both defenses played good, which I think we kind of. You know, we kind of thought that, you know, because the fronts are playing good. Um, and then one of the biggest things, you know how big of a fan I am of Sam Hartman. He They held him under 200 yards, which was kind of surprising mm-hmm. to me. Um, you know, a lot of things that I point to of what could have been, what happened, this or that, and we know how the game played out. I just think – you know, we've talked about it a little bit on the side is, you know, we expect so much from Ohio State, I think, mm-hmm. as as media, as fans, as just college football watchers in general. And if you look at that game and it, you know, Notre Dame ends up doing like they're supposed to and, you know, slows them down at the end, I think we're looking at, you know, Sam Hartman is probably locking that um, Heisman trip up. I think you're looking at Notre Dame as a, you know, for sure playoff serious playoff contender. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you're you're probably saying like, man, Ryan Day is just not it, and Kyle Court is nothing like they say he is. But obviously, it went the different, you know, went a different way. So all that's changing, and now realistically, it's kind of, I mean, it's kind of bad for Notre Dame because they don't yeah. really have a chance. That was their chance to say, hey, we belong in the playoff. And now without them having a conference championship, you know, um, it's going to be tough. Yeah. And I mean, they still do have games versus USC and Clemson coming up. Heck, they're on the road against Duke. So, I mean, so, I mean, so, I mean, they do have chances to kind of be able to make up ground. But like you said, with them not having a conference championship game, that is going to kind of hurt them when they aren't playing on that first week in December. But a really big takeaway for me is that Lou Holtz might have been right about Ohio State, man. (laughs) (laughs) Lou Holtz might have been right. 
I was Luke, not. Luke's ready to swing, dude. He's, dude, he's, I was not like impressed him. with Ohio State's run game. I mean, they had the one sixty yard run, but yeah. and and then that really kind of swayed their um, averages. But outside of that one sixty one yard run, they averaged two point five yards per carry. And with those types of running backs, that shouldn't be a thing. But that also could be a testament to the front seven for for Notre Dame, too. But, I mean, I was just something, and it was time and time again. And, I mean, and it even came down to the fourth quarter. They were inside the 10-yard line, third and one, couldn't get it. Fourth and inches, still still couldn't get it. And if, and if you want to beat teams like Penn State, you want to beat teams like a Michigan, that's that's going to have to improve. That's For really sure. going to have to improve because I think both of those teams are better than Notre Dame. So sure. so if you're going to if if you're going to win those games, that's going to really have to be an improvement. But and then when and then whenever you look at Notre Dame, I mean they they look like coming out that they had a really good game plan. They were dinking, they were dunking, they were kind of eating up that Ohio State front seven, and then they get that fourth and short. Sam Hartman does not convert, and then it all kind of goes off the rails. They don't score any in the first half. They also do miss a field goal in the first quarter. So I think that I think that the Irish missed an opportunity to really come out swinging in the first, like it looked like they were going to do. But then they just kind of choked that first quarter, and then they got hot. At the end of the third, they really were able to drive down the field, start running on Ohio State. They scored twice. They had a 96-yard drive where, I mean, they were carving them up down the middle of the field. Sam, Sam Hartman was kind of getting in a rhythm. And then they're up 14-10. to 10. They get the ball on their half after, after Ohio State does not get that fourth and short. And then they – kind of start to drive and then they kind of get away from what they were having success with in the third and the fourth kind of attacking down the middle of the field kind of running the ball and then they try to get the ball out quick to the edges and they just weren't having it and then and then like you said man they shouldn't have let Ohio State just carve them up at the end of the game and then what everyone's talking about them having 10 only 10 guys on the field to end the game man that was yeah. tragic, and I think I think they let a game get away from them. I really, really do. Really, really yeah, I do, do too. I think, um, you know, obviously, you know, props Ohio State. They found a way to oh, win. Yeah. Kyle McCord comes out and has a great game. You know, he kind of puts the, you know, naysayers to the side. But it's more, you know, it kind of falls more on Notre Dame to me than it did on Ohio State as far yeah. as. You know, I feel I definitely feel like Notre Dame lost it rather than Ohio State won it, and I don't mean disrespect by that. I just think, you know, those those last that last what was it like eighty five seconds? You you can't let yeah. that happen, man. And especially yeah. the way it ended, like ten guys on the field, they want to say, "Oh, we was worried about a penalty." Like, screw the penalty. What is it? A freaking inch that you're going to give up? Like you it's got to- eighteen inches that they were on the one. There's 36 inches in a yard, half a half the distance. It's 18 inches. You've been stuffing them all night long. Dude, all night can't, long, you've been that stuffing. That cannot them. happen. And that, and so you know, 
it's games like that that you look back and it it's so I'm I'm not sure it sucks as a Notre Dame fan because you think like it, it's bad enough to lose, right? It's bad enough for that they drive down and they, and they do what they're supposed to, and it's like, man, we weren't enough. But it's bad enough. It's to worse lose on crap like that. It's worse when you know like we were a man down. Like yeah. that's just he, he, that's bad coaching. And I'm sure you know. I mean, hey. He's young, dude. He, he he's it's an not, extremely young coach, and yeah, this is his first head coaching job too. Yeah, and you know, I mean, that stuff happens, and I, I'm not saying yeah. you know Freeman's terrible because it let he let it happen. It just sucks that that's how it ended. But you know, it's it's great for us because it. I mean, oh, it was yeah. a great game. So, dude, I I was losing my mind. Yeah, I was dude. losing my mind because I actually did pick the Irish to win this game at one. And whenever they got rolling in the third and the fourth, I was like, Oh, Betty, my pick's gonna my pick's gonna play out. And yeah, just, just depending on the way it all shakes out, I could possibly win the week, but that did not happen. That did not happen. Will Bates actually ended up winning the week. Man, dude, he had a freaking great week. Dude, he he went nine and one. And I think Somebody. the only game he lost was the Oregon state washington state game dude somebody needs to him some picks or something because he's he's been you killing it, really you <laughs> nah he's been killing it seriously and he had a great week um i did pick ohio state but you know it's like we talked about before that's a game that you know if Ohio state wins it's like yeah i could see it if if notre dame wins it's like yeah i can see it so yeah he was just on the right side so yep from from one classic game to another one man florida state 31 clemson 24 they go into death valley and they snap a seven game losing streak versus the tigers man they did not hold the lead until overtime man everything from the box score says clemson should have won this game kind of convincingly but florida state just found a way to stick around man Clemson had two 10-point leads throughout the game and choked both of them away. Turnovers and missed field goals were the name of the game. And they and Clemson just found a way to lose this one, man. Yeah, and it's crazy, dude, because, you know, you mentioned the stats lean all Clemson's way, and it's not just from the game stats. I mean, historically, you know, they had the seven-game streak. I think they've only lost – like twice in in ten years at Death Valley with against them, and it's been like every year it feels like Clemson has their number. You know, I picked Clemson uh, before, and it was one of those the way it started. Like you said, I mean, it felt like I was like, well, that's here's another year. But Florida State's finding a way to do it, man. They, you know, they're down three at half, just like they were against LSU. They show, you know. Obviously, the toughness and, you know, the experience from JT and stuff, but they, they just show they're gritty, man. It's it's one of those things that they, they've got some great pieces, and they they come out fighting, man. And, you know, for to get that win in overtime, I know that the kicker at Clemson's got to feel terrible. But um, once again, man, Keon Coleman's a dude. He's a dog. Man, he is such a game changer, and it's – you know, you add that with JT, whether JT is you know fully healthy or not, that's a combo that you know it's tough. And yeah. for Clemson, you know, to look back on the game, you know, you mentioned stats one way or the other, but 
if you'd have told me just blindly, hey, Florida State's only going to have 22 rushing yards Saturday, I probably would could see that because of the you know the front seven of, of Clemson being so good. Mm-hmm. But I would never think that they're they're truly you know winning that game the way they are, and they you know they didn't give up. So props to them. Um, Clemson on the on the flip side, man, it's. That's a game you, you gotta have. You can't you can't let it let it fall like that. You're at home. You know, you, you know how to win the you know how to beat these boys, and then you look on the you know defensive side of the ball, like Florida State's got guys out, and it's just yeah, it's opportunity missed, you know. So it's um, a huge opportunity missed, and are essentially out of the ACC race from yeah. what from like they're going to have to have a miracle for them to get back into the ACC race. And they're surely, I mean, they're surely out of the college football playoff. Race. Oh yeah. And to Which, think, I mean, to who would have thought they would be owing to in conference, like before the season, you know, you, you could maybe see one, but yeah, for them losing Duke and them, man, it's, it's, it's definitely a tough year for them. It was for sure a, a super, super low chance of them being owing to man. But but kind of touching back on 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 what you were saying, that Florida State offensive line could get no push. I mean, all day long they could get no push. And like the only production they could really get out of their backs is screens out of the backfield, quick throws out of the backfield, like really getting them on the edge. But man, props props to Florida State for being just so gritty and grinding Dude. it out and. There's freaking defense in the second half. They stepped up. Like they yeah. really stepped up. I mean, they only allowed one score and then they had the scoop and score. Dude, so, that scoop and score was a big momentum huge. changer. You got to think like, yeah. yeah. I mean, they've got the pieces, man. You know, I, I've told you before, I thought they'd, you know, I had them in my playoffs and mm-hmm. not bragging by any means because there's a long way to go. But if you just look at them on paper, man, they're, they're going to be tough to beat, not only because of experience, but because of the pieces they have. And mm-hmm. you look across the field, man, you got Jordan Travis here, and you're trying to slow down freaking Johnny Wilson, who's a giant. And then on top of and that, you got, you got Coleman, then you got Coleman and, Bell, and Warlock, then you got Benson. Dude, there's dudes everywhere. So yeah. I don't know, man. I, they're going to be they're going to be rocking and rolling now because the skills, you know, I mean, that's pretty much it for them, mm-hmm. man. But I'm I'm super excited to see where Florida State goes from here and to and to see if Clemson can bounce back. Speaking of a team that bounced back, Alabama 24, Ole Miss 10. Do you think the tide was able to kind of start to roll or is Ole Miss just not that good of a football team? I think it's a little bit of both. I think what do I think? I think Lane Kiffin just cannot find a way to be be saving, man. It's like no matter how good his team is, he just can't figure out how no. to do it. Um, you know, the stats aren't terrible. I mean, they ain't like I mean, yeah, they didn't they only scored 10, but I mean it's not like Dart played bad. I mean, you know he he didn't play fantastic and they could not run the ball. They could not run the ball, which is shocking because they have one of the better running backs in all of college football. But I just and guess the only, offensive line is a shell. Oh, it's terrible. And you know, they yeah. I mean they only averaged like two yards a carry, but 
my thing is, and it's like I was telling Bates is Bama is it's not their defense that that's a problem, no. man. Like they like they Texas have a solid defense. Yeah, and it, I mean like Texas beat them, and you know they were the better team. But it wasn't necessarily because the defense was poor. It's because the offense is poor. And we're not, you know, we're just, we're not used to seeing Bama like this. But I think Bama just played to their strength. Like, hey, you shut down the run game. We're going to force Dart and them boys to try to try to beat us. Their yeah. lines aren't as good as us. You know, it starts up front. And then you know how Saban is, man. He's going to sit back and let you make the mistakes. And he knows, he knows how itchy Lane Kiffin gets and going forward on fourth down and doing this and doing that. And, like you said, they got one of the best backs in the country, and it didn't even matter that day. No. So I'm curious to see if this is the Bama that we see for the rest of the season because, I mean, they 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 still weren't able to really run the ball crazy, but they were able to push the ball down the field just a yeah. little bit more. And I'm just curious to see how they hold up against – a little better defense like whenever they go on the road to a and m that's that's going to be the test for this offense that's because be that's a pretty that's a really solid defense like we'll touch on later but i mean if if you're Ole miss i mean i know i picked them to go under under seven and a half to start the season i was pretty adamant that they were going to go under seven and a half i mean they they still have games against LSU. They still have games against Texas A&M. They still have games against Georgia. Heck, yeah. they still have games, rivalry games against Mississippi State. They still have to go on the road to Auburn. They still have to play Arkansas. I mean, good Lord, this. Yeah, and, and Bama kind of gave them the blueprint of, hey, here's yeah. how you, you slow these guys. Because, I mean, and that's the first thing when I turn the game on um, that I notice. I'm like, man, they, they haven't. They are not scoring. Like. No. Slow that running game down, you know, force Dart out of the pocket a little bit to that where he's, you know, shaky and then play your game. And, and I mean, that, that they went three of 14 on third down, but but I think they went like three for four on fourth down. So that kind of just plays into what Lane wants to do, but still three for 14 on third down is. A pretty bad number. And, I mean, I I just wasn't impressed with Ole Miss. I was still pretty impressed with um, Alabama. They were still able to throw the ball down the field, which I was excited to see. But, man, we just got to see that run game kind of step up. Yeah, they they just – everything that we heard in the offseason just doesn't seem to to fit them. Right now. Yeah. Man, this is a game you're itching. You've been itching to talk about this one, man. Oregon. (laughs) 42, Colorado, six. And, man, this this was kind of a wake-up call for all the casual Colorado Buffalo fans that are coming in because they're seeing Dion, they're drawing people in, and unwarranted expectations for Colorado got them the ranking that they got them, but anyone that kind of knows anything was kind of expecting this outcome. And there was a bunch of crap talk about, oh, I don't get why Dan Lannon's talking like that in the pregame. Everyone talks like that in the pregame, and it's just a bunch of casual people that are coming to the table that don't know college football. And it isn't that people don't like Dion, man. It's just people don't like the media 
365. These people that should know better just saying absolute nonsense and absolute garbage hyping up this Colorado team. But shout out Oregon for doing what they're supposed to do. Thoughts on the game because I know you got them. Yeah, man. This is one that I did want to talk about. Um, Even though it was a blowout, not much of a game. And, you know, you you touched on some of the the points. And it's – I just got tired of hearing about Buffalo, man. And it's not – it's no shade towards the team itself or, you know, those players or nothing like that. But it's so – it's frustrating, man, because we knew – okay, first off, this can – like, they can still have a good year. And be a bad team, yes, or or an average team. Like, just because we we hate on Colorado isn't like, I don't know. It's just frustrating, man. Because they they start off undefeated, and people are like, wow, look at the changes Dion's making, and then you look at what they're playing, and it's like, dude, that's not the same TCU team that was in the championship, man. Nowhere like, close. Lost their their Heisman candidate quarterback. You lose your running back, your your OC, like your NFL wide receiver. I mean, it's like one thing after another, and that's a good win. Okay, I get it. But everywhere you look, it's talking about Deion and what he's talking about and what they're doing and this and that and this and that. And then, you know, I mean, I, I think even, even we were kind of arguing about it as far as like, you know, in the group, hey, should we have this game on or not? And most of us knew, like, this is how the I, game's going to go. I didn't I, – I was sick. I was sick that we put this game in there. I was Dude, I've absolutely never felt better sick. about a game. No. I don't think I felt better about a game than this one right here because I just – one, and, and we, you know, we talked about it before the game, but it's, it's the best defense that we're going to see. You're playing Easy. Bo Nix, who's who's been playing lights out. You, you you're just poking the bear and, and putting flames in the fire when, you know, I mean Dan Landon's sitting up here having his press conference and all they want to talk about is what about Dion saying this Dion. or was you know Dion 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 and it's like right. I don't want to beat the crap out of him too you know and <laughs> and all the little antics and wearing sunglasses and this and that and if that's how you you know if that's how you want to present your team I get it. I mean, Dion's yeah, doing exactly what he should. He's bringing, yeah, and I, I mean, he's bringing light to his team, and them starting three and zero is great. That, that's awesome. They're doing better than what we thought they could. However, they're still not a great team, and, and people are, you know, they're ranked nineteenth in the country, and we just knew as, you know, fans. I'm like, that's not the nineteenth best team in the country. I just nowhere close. It was frustrating. Nowhere close, and I, I think I, I saw something that that said Oregon had more first downs than they had. An, Freaking total yards in the first half. Um, like, um, Oregon had 22 first downs. Colorado had 21 total yards in the first half. And they scored like six out of seven first drives. It's like, granted, you know, Oregon did what they're supposed to. And, you know, props to Landon. You know, he got them boys fired up. Like I said, I was just kind of excited to see it, not because I dislike Dion. I just, I'm getting tired of the antics and them acting like, this is a serious football team. It, it's they've got a long way to go, man. But I will say this: I will say this about Dion. As much as he, you know, flashed and and smiled during the win, you know, when on their winning streak, he took an L like a champ and said, "Like a man." I mean, he took it. So I, I respect him yeah. for that. I just, like I said, get tired of, of seeing nothing but Colorado and Dion. 
That, that's that's all I want to say. Which 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 isn't their fault. It's the media's fault for Is falling that? in love, and they want to bring eyes in. They want to bring money in. So Thank they're you. so they're gonna pump this crap up. They're just gonna stir it up. They're they're just want to they just want to get as many people involved as possible and that's exactly what they've done all of the tv numbers are proving it and and i'll be curious to see what the numbers are like for um usc versus colorado this coming up we can thank the lord that's not on the pickums <laughs> i don't I know i need all the free points i can get right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Good job for the Oregon Ducks putting a butt whooping on Colorado Buffaloes. Man, this also could have been the game of the day. Arkansas 31, LSU 34. Strong second half from LSU. Kind of puts them over the line, man. It was an ugly, ugly start of the game. I wasn't able to get great eyes on this one when it was first happening, so I went back and I watched it today. Man, that receiving core for LSU, dogs. Did easily. He? They're easily the best in the SEC. Bro, I w- I've been saying it, and I, I'm not I'm not, not trying to pat myself on the back, but I think a lot of people didn't realize because of some of those names. You don't know, you know, maybe if, you know, you're a Georgia fan or maybe if, you know, you just don't keep up with it as strongly, but – that receiving core is so freaking good, man. And you you look around and it's like every time, first off, every time I, I look around, I think neighbors is catching the ball. But if it's not him, it's Thomas. And it's like, dude, they got some studs on that side of the ball. They're going. Yeah, yeah. dude. Um, this game was kind of weird for me because I did I, – I debated on whether to pick Arkansas in this game because it, it just always feels like – and maybe, maybe I'm just – like overthinking it, but I feel like every time these two plays, something weird happens. It's like a mm-hmm. close game, or somebody's not playing like they should. Or so, you know. so, so that that this is a fun fact. The last four games versus these teams have ended in a single score. Huh. Like, see, yeah. and that's what it, that's what like mentally, game. that's where I was thinking, and I'm like, dude, I really want to pick Arkansas, but the way my pickings have gone, I didn't want to take too many risks, so I did pick LSU. Um. But it kind of, I mean, kind of uh, showed you, you know, LSU's hand to to an extent. But, um, you know, Jaden Daniels didn't play terrible. I think he didn't play great. But the Arkansas defense is a lot better than people give him credit for, too. So, it's, yeah. you know, it's kind of give and take. Um, but, yeah, man, that, that was a just one of those old-fashioned SEC games, I feel like. You just didn't kind of know how it was going to turn out. Yeah. And – Last week, it felt like Jaden Daniels really couldn't miss on a deep ball. Oh and goodness. and to start this game, he was either overthrowing, underthrowing. He was kind of getting back to his old self. But, but, but then heading on into the second half, they kind of got their groove back, and, and then they started hitting those throws down. Failed. But, man, this was an ugly game in the first half. God, this was yeah. such an ugly game. And and – you and you you had Arkansas, they would drive down, they would get in the red zone, and then they would just find a way to screw things up. Yeah, and the turnovers and I mean, killed them, man. Yeah. I mean, that the turnovers really killed them on that side. 
Yeah, so if I am Arkansas, I am shaking my head that I kind of let this game get away from me because I had every opportunity to kind of go in there early and really kind of silence that crowd. And yeah. and then – but they didn't. So, and, and I mean, I think LSU, A&M, and Alabama, I think those are the three-way race – for yeah. the West right now, and I think all of them have serious flaws. I think yeah. that in their own I ways, for that, sure. Yeah, because I think that this game just kind of was able to reinforce that at times LSU really still can't run the ball great. They still have a very, very, very leaky secondary. And we're four weeks in we're heading into week five and i mean they still haven't fixed those issues so i just think they're i just think they're going to be issues that they're going to have to live with for the rest of the season and they're going to have to coach around they're going to have to play around them and they'll just have to see what they can do man but i think lsu looked good but again they just had their they just had their moments where they kind of left me scratching my head saying like (laughs) is this team I mean, can this team compete for the SEC? And I just think because of the division that we're in and how crazy the division's going to play out, I I think that they could. But it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out, man. I'm so sad that we have to talk about this game, man. Auburn, 10, A&M, 27. Auburn looked like – well, Auburn's offense. Let me say this. Auburn's offense Yeah, looked – Awful. Only, only fifty-six passing yards. But Auburn's defense looked really good. Texas A&M's Texas A&M's defense looks insane, insane. I think Auburn gave up seven sacks, fifteen tackles for loss. I mean, good God! And I don't really know if A&M's defense is that good. I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. I mean, but like. Here's the thing. We just saw them go all the way down to South Beach and get torched by Miami. Yeah, so, but I think that's I think that's more like of just like a stylistic matchup. That and I think it's more that Miami is better than we gave them credit for. Yeah. And and cuz you got to think, man, like they still have a lot of talent. Like they've been the talent they haven't played especially over the last seven. Yes, dude. There that's what makes a difference is being able to have that talent up front and it kind of puts you in any type of game. Yeah. Um I de- you know, I was high on AM and I still am. I think I mean everything's in front of them. Um, but I think that the defense was just too much, man. And and you know, you right. mentioned Auburn, Auburn's offense. They don't have a high flying offense by no means, but it didn't help them out at all when they're going against that front seven, dude. And that, you know, I talked about that uh, on my podcast is they've got some straight up maulers up front, dude. And it's, it's hard enough when you're trying to break in and, you know, a new quarterback and you're trying to break in a new coach who, you know, I get, he's got experience, but it's, it's just one of those things where like, I did not like the matchup at all. And I told all my Auburn, you know, fans and, and friends I get history's kind of on their side I just didn't like the matchup man and it it kind of showed Saturday 
Yeah, and and I mean, it showed that Auburn just has a really, really long way to go. But I think eventually we are going to be able to get there. I just don't think it'll be this season. I really don't even think it'll be 2024. I think 2025 will be a good mixture of talent that Hugh Freeze will be able to bring in. And then I think, of course, he's still going to work the transfer portal just because that's yeah. just because that's kind of the coach that he is, man. But with Connor Wegman going down, you had Johnson come come in, and I mean, dude, and, I was about to I be mean, so mad because I thought I I, sh- I thought surely like well, Wegman down, like they're about to be in a pinch because yeah, yeah, like we knew Max Johnson was good, but dude, he he stepped in and All was right. like he was like bet, dude. <laughs> And, and, I mean, it's just went to show, like, how important it is to have quality quarterback depth because you're one play away from from having to play your backup. And whenever you look how Connor Wegman's been playing this season, he's arguably been playing, like, the best quarterback in the SEC. I 100% I mean, agree. Yeah. And, and, I mean, so you when you have a quarterback that's able to come in and the offense – isn't able to skip a beat, but they actually do just a little bit better in <laughs> specific aspects of of the game plan. Yeah. I mean that that that's a big, big that's a big kudos to Texas AM to be For able sure. to just swap quarterbacks right in the middle of the game and yeah. you know I mean your entire game plan just doesn't skip a beat. Well and like you said too is Auburn's defense wasn't awful like Dude, defense played pretty good. It's just crazy. butt to the ball, showing tons and tons and tons of effort. I mean, yeah, we we just, have a we have a really good pass defense. We have that boy Asante running around. Yeah. He's a yeah. dog. Yeah, and it's just crazy, man. Because like I said, that I mean, the offense was obviously just better, but dude, Auburn led time of possession and they still doubled their yard. It's like. And boys wasn't playing around on offense. So, no. you know, it is, it, it is, I'm sure it's tough as an Auburn fan, um, you know, because, you know, on my side as a Florida fan, the, the growing pain sucks, man. And it's, but it's also one of those things that, like we, you know, we said before is not Auburn can afford to lose that game because that, that's not a way to look at it. But you kind of feel like, okay, it's understandable. Yeah, if AM loses that game, they A&M's are in a different class. Yeah, A if AM loses that game, it, we're talking like we're not talking about this game. We're talking about Jimbo Fisher right now. You know what I mean? Possibly getting fired soon. Yeah. yeah. Um, but and that that's kind of what Hugh Freeze was kind of doing throughout the week. He was kind of tempering expectations, saying it's like, hey, it's like we have a long way to go before yeah. we're on the level of A&M, before we're on the level of LSU, Georgia, Alabama, when it comes to terms of talent. Because, yep. I mean, they are top five, top ten talent loaded, dude. in the country. In Bro, they are country. loaded. So, yep. so I mean, I mean, I expect Auburn to be able to compete with teams like Mississippi State, Arkansas, Ole Miss, for right now, but then whenever 2025 comes around, I think we should be expecting to at least be competitive and to have close games with teams like Texas A&M, Bama, Georgia, LSU, teams like that. So I think it's just a waiting game. It it sucks, like you said, but 
I think in this new age of the transfer portal and um and um nil i think having patience is a virtue as we've seen with florida state as we've seen with texas year three year four of your coach man you have to be patient you have it to takes wait time, man everybody trust is the process like the 76ers well, used to do man trust the yeah. process baby well it's and everybody isn't kirby but also everybody doesn't come into kirby's like um, situation situation yeah but i mean he didn't come into a terrible team like so many people just want that microwave man and it just doesn't mm-hmm. it's not it's not that way yeah man kind of moving into a, a little more obscure games that not that not everyone was going to watch but were still fantastic games oregon state 35 washington state 38 this game was not as close as the final score says man washington state is legit i mean cam ward the way that he is playing right now out of his mind yeah i think he went for four touchdowns over 400 yards i mean absolute dog and i mean they lit i mean they absolutely lit oregon state up to start this game and Mm -hmm. And then when and then whenever they were up thirty-eight to fourteen, I was like, um, I'm gonna just turn this one off and I'm gonna focus on some other games. And yeah. then and then I was like, Oh my gosh, this ended 38-35. So I had to go back and I had to re-watch it all today. And I mean, the Washington State offense kind of sputtered in the second half, specifically the fourth quarter. And then I'm I'm surprised the Oregon State offense was kind of built to kind of make a slow methodical comeback because they are such a run heavy team and then most of their passing comes off of play action but i i was super impressed when i went back to watch the game them staying in the game them fighting them being able to come back but i think these still are two teams that are both in the pac-12 hunt i think they're i think they're right in that second tier of the Pac-12 because I think the first tier of the Pac-12 is Washington, Oregon, USC, and then right below them is Washington State and and Utah, and then kind of below that now since they have both taken losses are Oregon State and UCLA. But man, that's going to be such a fun conference to watch. It is, dude. It's definitely like the most interesting so far. Um, sure. I like them more than the Big Ten, more than SEC, more than the ACC. I mean, it's as far as this year, it is kind of so, it's fun, you know. And this game, man, I I'm disappointed, dude, because you know all off season so people were hyping up or hyping up um Oregon State, and all off season I feel like all I was thinking about was. Oregon State is not going to be as good as they were before, and they're getting this hype off of, you know, what they did to Florida in the bowl game and that DJU's coming over, but I didn't think they were going to be good. And then here I go freaking picking them, and I'm like, I kind of got, got mad. In your instincts. And, dude, I got mad because the way Washington State jumped out, you could just tell, like, this is about to be a boat race. Yeah. Um, You know, you mentioned Oregon State coming back. I was surprised, too, not only because they are run heavy, but because of the way the new – terrible rules are and how don't even get me started on that bull crap dude man. you only got like 15 possessions a game if, so it's like if, if. yeah so it's like 
you got to freaking score every one. And, you know, they did end up coming back, but it was just too late. I, I'm just disappointed, man, because I knew Oregon State wasn't going to be as good as they were. And Washington State was as good as their uniforms were Saturday. So those things were crispy with 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 the gray uniform yeah. white helmet with the gray logo Ooh. yeah dude bro Pretty sweet. i'm one thing about conference realignment that i wish would happen is i wish teams could get dropped from from um a conference because <laughs> there is no reason that oregon state and in oregon state and 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 washington state should not be in this new kind of realm of the power conferences, but teams like Northwestern, teams like Indiana should. Yeah. I mean, there's teams, uh, say, like Abolition College should. There is literally Iowa no State, reason. Yeah, yeah, that these teams and these programs that care about college football so much and, yeah. that, and that you have people that watch these games, like why are they getting snubbed just because they were – unfortunate and then you have teams that are being grandfathered in like a boston college like a northwestern like in indiana i think we'll eventually kind of see teams get dropped from a conference because i mean if you aren't putting product on the field and you don't have anyone watching your game you're you you aren't bringing value so I have, mm. so I eventually think as the TV, as the TV networks get more and more involved and just control the sport more and more, I think they'll kind of force people out and bring people in. But that's a topic for another day. We're here to talk about games, baby. That's off-season talk, and we're doing right. that right now. Keep on chugging along. BYU twenty-seven, Kansas State thirty-eight. Kansas had twenty-one. I repeat, twenty-one points off of turnovers man and tend to think that BYU still put up 27 points after giving up 21 points off of turnovers one was maybe one of the most beautiful hits to scoop and scores by the same player I've ever seen it was beautiful Kobe straight up boom knocked him out and then of course snatches that ball up and then they I thought I thought about um, yeah dude I just thought about that that Michigan South Carolina hit a while back and I was like that was wasn't as good as that one but that's what I thought about when Kobe Bryant hit. oh yeah yeah and I mean but I was impressed with I was impressed with both of the teams here specifically with their um offenses because I mean a we're both able to move the ball I I'm worried about Kansas's defense, though, dude. I mean, because that that was a talk coming in to the season was their offense is going to be really good. Their defense is going to be what's going to hold them back, and that's kind of proven true so far this season. Yeah, and that's I'm right there with you. Um, I'm kind of wishy-washy on Kansas, and and most mostly because of, of you know what you said. It's it's like offense is fine. Um, Brian, is it Brian Borland? Their DC. You know he he made it out like before the season that you know he's you know kind of worried about it and they would fix it and it just seems like they're just a typical Kansas team. Mm-hmm. You know, specifically how- on the defensive side of the ball, though they yeah. did only give up nine rushing yards. 
but they gave up 357 yards to the air. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I It's hard. It's just hard for me to back them. Like, you know, they keep talking just like this week, you know, it's just hard, but I mean, props to Slovis and them guys, man, they played tough. Uh, like we were talking about earlier, I think they'll be good in the conference, you know, yes. years to come, but uh, Daniels and them boys found a way to find a way to do it. Sneak, sneak preview to week five. This is something that we also were talking about. I l- man, this game, Kansas versus Texas, that's going to be kind of a shootout. And I think we said yes. the total was 60, 63, 63. and a half. And the Texas team total was 40 and a half, man. That's such an intriguing line just because of the yeah, way yeah. that this Kansas defense is and the way that that Texas offense is, man. Yeah. Oh, if I was a betting man, I'd be taking a serious look at that. I'd be taking a serious, <laughs> serious look at that. But <laughs> we will move on. One of the uglier games, man. Iowa, goose egg, Penn State. 31 Iowa embarrasses themselves man why haven't they fired Brian Ferentz yet if he was in any other situation any other situation on any other team his ass would be gone absolutely it makes me sick that a program like Iowa that has so much potential that has been good they have been good they have had a solid team in the past that they put such a pathetic excuse for an offense and that they accept it and that they're okay with it up to a point that they don't have to go nads in the middle of the season to to say, Kurt, your son sucks. He's fired. But Kirk Ferentz runs that athletic department because he's because he's simply been there for so long that's enough and i'm going to talk about iowa Penn, <laughs> penn state though they look good they look in command of everything that they want to do i'm still a little worried though just because iowa's offense isn't going to test that defense at all i am still worried about their run defense up the middle but I think that'll be tested against teams like Ohio State, teams teams like a Michigan. But I think that Penn State's in the playoff hunt easily. Yeah, I think so too. Um, so you hit a lot of the key points on Iowa, man. You've got to be. I don't know how many Iowa football fans there are, but they got to be sick, dude. Like. Four turnovers. They only had four first downs. Like you got the same amount of turnovers as you do first downs. Like you've got seventy six yards total in a game. That's crazy. like you said. If if it's it, dude. If he's anywhere else, they are like putting a warrant out for him. Like yeah. come get this dude. Um. So I won't. You know I won't ran on them too long either. Um. It looks terrible. But you know on the flip side, Penn State man, they're they're still doing what they're supposed to. You know winning games like they're supposed to. This is a game where you really want to shut Iowa out because you don't want that, you know, offense to score on you. Um, I think I'm still – well, I, I'm still high on the defense, obviously. I think, you know, they are going to – like you mentioned, they're, they're going to run into some trouble when they, you know, play stiffer competition. But I think for the most part, man, 
they look pretty good, you know, scoring like at, at will, you know. I mean, they got some really good receivers. Drew Holler is a freaking he's, stud. He's a dog. Bro, he like, looks so he, good. He he is it. Like, like he he is the quarterback that they've been waiting on. Like Dude, he, he he is, is honestly it. the best. They've had some good ones, like pretty good quarterbacks over the last few years. But he is, but he's a whole different. He is. He's a whole different type of quarterback. He is different, man. But like I said, he's playing great. They got some really good running backs. Secondary is great. I mean, Manny Diaz is, you know, proven time and time again that he is a good DC and he knows what he's doing. Do you Um, think he'll get another? You think he'll get another shot at being head coach? I don't know, man. I think guys like him should stay in that type of role because kind of like a must champ, must champ, like a um, like who's some other ones? Like I don't want to just use Florida people, but you know that's the only thing that comes <laughs> to mind. But those type of guys, Charlie Strong, yeah. I mean, it's just Manny Diaz is good at what he does as He's, a DC. He and it's the phenomenal. same thing Muschamp is. You know defense, man, and you help a team out so much more By at being that what role doing. Yeah. than taking on too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think, will he get another shot? More than likely, if they continue to have success, more than likely. Yeah. But, no, it's easier said than done because we're not Manny Diaz. But mm-hmm. I just feel like if you're Manny, dude, the, the reward is so much higher being, you know, in the chase for playoffs and, you know, chance of winning rings and recruiting really good guys rather than just having your own program i mean he's done it now like you've already done it like you've stick to you've already lived that life yeah yeah and i mean make your money on that side of doing a dc and i I think he's good at it so yeah like i said I, i i was impressed with with penn state i think you know as of right now i'm with you they are you know chasing that playoff until they show us otherwise. I do tend to get kind of high on Penn State year after year, and they always burn me. So I won't do that this year. I'm not, you know, too high on them as, you know, before. But I think this, the, what are they, like seventh overall? I think that's that's fitting for yeah. them. And, you know, we'll come we'll, – we'll find out more about them later on. But yeah. Iowa needs to – Iowa's a joke. Man, and the only part – well – the only part of this Penn State offense that I want to see more of is surprisingly their offensive line. I mean, they're they are kind of turning into more of a perimeter run team, which mm-hmm. kind of says about the push you have up front, which yeah. hasn't been fantastic. So hopefully they can kind of clean that up. I mean, we we are kind of getting into the we are kind of getting into week five. I mean, the season's almost halfway over. Like, like we're one third of the way through the regular season. Yeah. So, so if if you aren't kind of making changes now, and if you aren't kind of trending here within the next couple of weeks, man, you're kind of going to be who you are. Yeah, and for that, like speaking on that, I feel like obviously the offense did its job, but if I had to nitpick it, they're kind of yeah. thinking dunk, man. It's kind of yeah. like. I mean, he uh, even as good as, as Drew played, he only had like four point something uh, yards per pass. I think the longest uh, receiving was like fourteen yards or something. So that the, the, they aren't stretching the field, and it was absolutely pouring rain there too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it is hard to you know judge, but you look on the on the flip side, that is a good Iowa defense. So 
True. You know, they did. They were able to kind of, you know, make some shake on that defense. And I don't know. Like you say, they. I mean, they probably are what they are at this point. But we'll kind of find out more later on. I feel like with them. For sure. And last but not least, the ugliest game of the day goes to UCLA seven, Utah fourteen, and I mean, God. I mean, this game had so much hype going into it. It was it was UCLA's offense, young quarterback going on the road against a Utah team that still got a bunch of people out. But, I mean, what is it about that Utah culture, man? They play such hard-nosed defense that it seems like it doesn't matter who they're playing or who they have injured, who isn't, who isn't who's not playing for them. I mean, they just seem to have it and it's ingrained into every single one of their players. You're, you're not moving this ball on us. You're (laughs) not doing it. Like it is like etched into them. Yeah. And I love it. But at the same time, I hate it because that gummit, they keep proving me wrong. I, I mean, I, I haven't picked a Utah game, right? I think I picked them to beat USC last year in the regular season, but that that seems like the only Utah game that I've ever picked right. Dude, so I know I would say I was messing with you because you know we talked about this game and it was in the pickums and I had Utah quite literally all week, and <laughs> I was talking to you and I listened to JP and I was like, man. I just don't know. Like, I felt like it was kind of a fluke against Florida. And I would pick Florida. I mean, rightfully so, but I don't know. You know, sometimes my fan mentality kind of pushes my head aside. So I was like, in my mind, just thinking, like, I think it should be Utah. But then I said, the more I thought, and I really overthought it. Mm -hmm. But then the game comes out, dude, and it's like, it's an ugly game. Well, it's just the Pac-12 is so good offensively, right? Like mm-hmm. Washington, Oregon, USC. I mean, all these guys can score like crazy. And then you always hear the term of, well, defense wins championships. And it truly changes a game if you have that type of defense. Now, yeah. it's different than having a good defense and a great defense. And they just mm-hmm. have a great defense, man. And, that, and you know, plus, plus, like, they even have guys out. Like, <laughs> like. Like, like they have star players that are out on the defensive yeah. side of the ball. And, I mean, they are dogging these folks. I yep. mean, and, giving them no room to breathe. Yep. And one of the, so one of the biggest reasons I picked Utah before I flipped was I read a stat that said a freshman quarterback hasn't beat them since 2016. That was, that was Justin Herbert. Mm-hmm. So, which was obviously a really good, Really good player. And I'm thinking, man, no way Dante Moore does that. But the we like Dante Moore, man. At least I yeah. do. I think he's he's good. He's extremely dude. talented. Has like tons I said, the more I, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, nah, they Utah is more of a fraud than than I'm I'm giving them credit. And I flipped and obviously on the wrong side of that. Um Utah is just gritty, man. It, it's it's I don't you know, trying to overuse that term. They're just one of those teams that, you know, it's the culture is ingrained in their culture. Dude, the culture is really strong. The defense is really good. The front seven, we always say it starts up front. Their front seven is really, really strong. Mm-hmm. You got a super fast quarterback where they can, 
you know, kind of just lean on the run a little bit and yeah. to hold them boys to seven. I think they ended up scoring late in the fourth. It's, and that's what it's going to take, you know, to yeah. beat Utah, you're going to have to find a way to score on that defense. Mm-hmm. And as of right now, they just, nobody can, can find a way to do it. Uh, good. <laughs> so, and I'm with you. And we're still waiting on Cam Rising to get back. And, and that's the thing is like, you know, just you, keep the boat afloat until Cam Rising gets back. And that's what they're doing. And they're, they're, well, they're also realizing like, obviously, Cam makes them so much better. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying they don't need him, but it's almost like, hey, take your time because we're still winning. You know, we don't yeah. have to have you. Yes, it'd yeah. be great to have you, but we just beat a good Florida team. And then you, you see what on the road to you. Baylor. Yeah. And then, you know, everybody talks about how creative Chip Kelly is and, and finding ways to score and this and that. And they shut them down, man. So it's, yeah. you know, to be able to be fully healthy going into some of those bigger games is going to be huge for them. And to get this win is it's massive, man. Huge, huge win. And that wraps up the recap of week four, man kind of an impromptu segment who is your winner of the week and who's your loser of the week it can be a player it can be a program it can be anything winner and loser of the week as of last week right as of week at the end of week four yes who is your winner and loser of the end of so my loser is extremely easy well i guess not i mean i want to say colorado is my loser because, you know, just the height that they had. But realistically speaking, I guess, you know, people had more to give up, I guess, you know. Um, like, you, and what I mean by that is, like, you could pick Clemson and say that was the loser of the week because they really kind of, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know a better word. of They screwed their season, dude. Like, that's it. Like, that's out the window. You can have a good year, but as far as anything other than, you know, just having a good year, like that's out the window. Playoffs yeah. gone, championship gone. You probably don't, you know, I mean, you don't make the ACC championship more like, like, yeah. So I want to say Colorado just because of, you know, everything that we talked about before, but I will say Clemson just because of. You stole my loser, man. I was going to yeah. say Clemson was the loser of the week, man. Because yeah, they, I, I think they so. gave but, that game away. Yeah, they gave the game away. You you tossed, you know, any any hope I of guess, an extravagant and a deep yeah, run in the any, postseason. Any postseason fun is straight out the window. Mm-hmm. So um I don't want to say Ohio State because I feel like that's who you may have. No, no, that is okay. not who I have as okay. the winner. I will say Ohio State as my winner um, because you go on the road, you beat an extremely good Notre Dame team. Um, you know, Kyle McCord has kind of like – hasn't really found himself. You know, he, he's been playing good but hasn't had like that, you know, we can lean on you type feel um, after this game, you know, you do. But they are my winner strictly because of all the reasons I said before, and that is – if this game goes the other direction, if Notre Dame wins this, we're sitting here saying, is Ryan Day the right guy for the job? Kyle McCord isn't good enough. 
Ohio State's going to get stomped by Michigan again. We're saying Notre Dame is is you know Sam Hartman's on the way to his Heisman. They're they're in the playoffs. Blah blah blah. It didn't go that way, and it it quite you know went the opposite. I think you you have a if you're an Ohio State fan, you you have a good feel now of like hey. You know, we still have a lot ahead of us, you know, and mm-hmm. we still – it's time to go get that that Michigan team because, you know, they're itching to do that. And mm-hmm. um, you, you find out that Kyle McCord does have that – maybe not X, X factor, but he does have what it takes to go win a game. And, you know, say what you want to about the 10-man. They, they found a way to do it. They still score. Yeah. I mean, because if they don't, then everybody's like – Notre Dame's so good, those boys couldn't even score against 10-man field. So, I'll say Clemson's my loser because, you know, throwing away, and I'll say Ohio State is my winner just strictly because they they had a really good win and are still doing like they're supposed to. I got two winners of week four. My first winner. I didn't know we could have two. Winners, bro. That's what I'm saying. Plural. And so, I say my first winner is the Pac-12. They have three serious playoff contenders in Washington, Oregon, and USC, and they kind of have some dark horses with Utah, even though I still don't think Utah is like a serious contender. They're still kind of a dark horse. And with Washington State kind of popping on the scene, they're kind of stirring up, they're kind of making noise, and then we're going to get a lot better games that we didn't see coming in the preseason. And then my winner number two is defense. Defense is back. I truly think defensive football is kind of making a comeback. Unless you're Cal or Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Then I think that the play on the defensive side of the ball this year, I think it's going to – be kind of like the underlying tone of the season because it's kind of been that so so far and i mean you have ohio state versus notre dame defensive slugfest you have alabama's defense really showing up big you had oregon's defense kind of showing up big and in in the first half of arkansas versus lsu that was kind of a defensive slugfest you had you had hey, you had you had yep, that's what I was about to get to. You had Texas AM. They looked great on defense. Penn State. Fantastic <laughs> on defense. <laughs> Perfect on defense. Perfect. Goose egg yeah. for Iowa. Uh, oh, like we've oh, already oh, talked uh, about, man. Oklahoma as well. You know, they played yes. my boy, Emory Jones, and uh both of those teams played pretty good defense if you think about it, because Oklahoma yeah. was spreading teams on offense and they yeah. held them to 20. And then, you know, Oklahoma ended up holding Cincinnati and then boys to six. So um, that was another one. Playing really good defense. They have like the third overall defense in the country, first overall defense. How about Charlotte's defense holding them to freaking five field goals? Dude, I'm telling you, defense was the winner for week four. And then, of course, (laughs) my loser for week four is the Clemson Tigers pretty much unless anything crazy happens oh they're out their postseason hopes are i don't think i can't even think of a a scenario that would put them in i mean it would have to be i mean it would i I mean it it would have to be something so unrealistic they will never happen you know what i mean like it it, like 
There's no way. There's no. Yeah. I mean, they'd have to beat teams a hundred to nothing every week. The whole Pac-12 would have to quit playing, and you know the SEC would have to sit out. Like there would be no chance Clemson <laughs> find the way in. Yeah, but hey, that's what we play the rest of the games for. Man, I I had fun talking week four with you tonight. Can't wait to talk some more ball with you here soon. Before we head out, I got to say it again. Subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, TikTok, Instagram. We're going to Tuscaloosa here in a few weeks, man. I cannot wait to start making these videos. Can't wait for us to go down to Baton Rouge. Cody, see, which is kind of looking now, hopefully like a pretty good game if Florida can kind of keep it up, man. Can't wait for us to go down there. And then, of course, we're going to the Iron Bowl, baby. Can't wait to get all these games recorded for y'all and bring y'all on the experience with us. Cody, you got any more words before we sign off, my friend? No, man. I just want to tell you, thank you again. I, I really enjoy talking with you and Will on here. Um, yes, I think we have, you know, pretty likewise mindset. Um, week four was definitely the best week so far, obviously. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to week five and week you know, five is going to be a doozy. Now. Well, yeah. week five is going to be a doozy, and you can catch us breaking that down Thursday night. That'll be postable Thursday, really, and I can't wait to do it. And, man, week five, here we come. We will see you all later. This is the Extra Point Podcast with the College Football Experience.